0: Hello, I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Palace-Kenry College Farm Manager Brendan Ryan joins us to give his experience of selective dry cow therapy, insights on what works well and lessons learned along the way.
1: Yes, so it is a 400 cow herd. I suppose high EBI freezing, but there would be probably forty percent of the animals would have Jersey genetics through it. Um, it's grass based. Uh, supplied four fifty kilos of milk, milk solids, slasher, and roughly seven hundred kilos a meal, seven fifty kilos a meal. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a grass based system
0: and looking to that, um you mentioned four hundred cows. So the the herd has grown um at a fast pace over the last number of years. And you also mentioned four hundred and fifty kilos of milk solids. So that's a quite a high output. Is it an immature herd you're dealing with, Brendan?
1: No, it's a it's a very um it's a very young herd. So this year, um this year there will be forty two, forty three percent of them are heifers. Uh we won't get to the four fifty solids this year, but we'll we aim to supply 415, 420 salads this year. Um, I suppose last year cow numbers was two eighty and four hundred this year, and we we aim to milk four thirty yard cows next year. So I mean it's a very it's a very young herd. So um, and next year the plan next year would be obviously when when that forty percent forty percent get into second lightation that we would supply four fifty solids again next year.
0: and looking then to the the cow numbers, heading to four thirty next year, what's the ceiling in terms of cow numbers you can carry on the platform, Brendan?
1: Um, we have we have four sixty five cubicles, so I suppose that will and it will carry will carry that'll go that will bring us up to about uh, two point eight cows to the hectare overall on the milking platform. So that will fairly really shove it out.
0: Now that we have a good picture of the farming system, we will turn our attention to the main purpose of today's conversation and that is selective dry cow therapy. Brendan, you have been practising selective dry cow therapy for a number of years in Palace Kenry. Can you tell us more about this?
1: Yeah, so I suppose this, this is actually the, the fifth year we'll be using it, um, Emma-Louise. So the first year would have been very, very low, dipped in with 24 cows um. 50,000 cell count and all of them animals would have been individually quarter sampled just to boost confidence. I suppose, in that if there was one quarter that would have been a lot higher than the rest of the quarters, you wouldn't, if she ended up getting mastitis or a high cell count extra, that you wouldn't be blaming the sealer that you would have known going in that they were all low. Like, um, I suppose the second year then it was a hundred cows, a hundred thousand, and that went very well. Um, the third year then was it was a trial with Moorpark. um 200 cows, so 200 cows, 100 had antibiotic and 100 with sealer and both of them had the same cell counts pretty much, like they were comparing and contrasting so there was actually no difference then between both groups of cows. Um, so that gave the extra boost then to go, I suppose, pushed out the limits last year. Um, 86% of the cows last year we dried off with sealer only, um, 200,000 for the last three tests and 200,000 for overall for the year. So, I mean, it was a, it was a big jump, but uh, it, it, it has worked. Now, CellCount is running probably 30,000 higher this year than last year, but that was the facilities. It was facilities that was over the winter as well. We did get caught like Um, With the expanding herd, I suppose we didn't, we were, we were loose bedding cows and we had heifers on on flat and we were loose bedding cows on peat and straw and I mean there was a lot of moving around and rejigging things and we didn't get into our new cubicle shed until the 20th of February so it was a bit tight until then.
0: I guess just to pick up on, on I suppose the first point point, um, and it would be a red flag in terms of the advice you know a lot of people say you're starting off at the 50,000 and I suppose just to reiterate after using it for a number of years and seeing success ye moved up in terms of the threshold for um SCC and cows. Just to pick up on a few things that you, you mentioned there Brendan so facilities so you mentioned that you know, you were under pressure with um cubicle space, so you were using loose bedding, so peat, straw. So um I guess ideally you're looking at cubicles for um housing cows over the winter that have had sealer only and no antibiotic. Is that what you're telling us?
1: Yeah, so I suppose you're you're nearly like you're you're looking at five percent extra cubicles maybe if you're going for if you're going in really big like with the with Dry, with dry cow only like or with with sealer only um you're looking at plenty of space plenty of feed space no cow under pressure um and i suppose the beating is the dry the, the actual time we'll say the the few days before drying her off and the few days after drying her off they are the they are the crucial times like for in using um sealer only um in terms of we'll say selecting her a few days before, obviously, you've gone through your milk accordance and uh, restricting her that bit um, to lower your milk yield. Um, then you're going for, we'll say, afterwards then that you're checking them twice a day. You're really, really uh, walking through it. I suppose, not limiting them too much on silage that they're not poking at the feed space, not splashing dirt up to tea Um, that kind, of, that kind of way I suppose it's it, it all helps like you know
0: and and looking to the, the records you, you, you've you mentioned there Brendan uh, talk about milk recording across the entire lactation what do you do in Palace Henry
1: yeah so we do we start off we start obviously start calving the, the end of January start of February um, and we'd have a milk recording done uh, the middle of middle of February obviously to to catch the ones that would just every month I suppose every year Every month, the whole way through, um, we're milk recording, and I suppose acting on acting on every milk recording in terms of any any cow that's out that's up on that milk card. Um, obviously, maybe if it's up fifty or hundred thousand, fair enough. That that um, that can just be that not much to be worried about. But I mean, like if you're up five and six hundred thousand from the last one, they're all individually quarter sampled and sent off, and then treated in that quarter um recorded and then milk recorded again the next month and if she's consistently high in that quarter we will dry off that quarter and milk on three teeth because it, it gives you it makes uh gives you the like you can make a more informed decision with with the results that you that you have recorded yourself as opposed to having that cow that you know is a high cell count you don't know is it a different quarter every time that's gone uh showing up high um, it just, I suppose, it gives you it to to make the best decision. I suppose your it's it's all recorded, and every every month is acted on, acted on accordingly.
0: And and I guess Brendan, that completely echoes what Don Crowley would advise. You know. Um you know, around 50% of farmers are milk recording currently, I would expect that number is rising. But, you know, I suppose his biggest piece of advice is that you do need to analyse those results. And, you know, if if it's six times a year, or if it's 10 times a year, your milk recording, regardless, you really need to drill down into those figures and look at those high cell count cows. And I guess if you're Recording once a month, you have a very good picture as to where cows are at around the time of um, dry off. Um, Looking then to the dry off period, like you talk talk through, I suppose how you're managing the cows in the days leading up to dry off, and then also um, after dry off. On the day that you're drying off those cows, can you take us step by step through the procedure that you would employ at Palace Henry? So there
1: would be, there's obviously one of the lads we're milking. Um, the cows are, are separated, we'll say, the night before. So the, the main herd will say that would be continue to be milking afterwards, would be milked in the morning. The parlour would be washed down, um, all done as normal. The, whoever was milking then would go for breakfast then or go for their break. Um, and that when you come back, you know that there are the cows that need to be dried off, obviously that there, there's no one rushing. Um, so there's two of us in the parlor, um, milking and one person then is wiping down teats. We use metal-headed spirits and cotton wool, um, and there will be a table in the parlor so that every, every cow in front of every cow, then you would know that she is, uh, either sealer only or she's antibiotic, that there's no mix ups. And they're well marked, and I suppose the main thing is that you're not rushing anyway. That's the main thing that you know that right. I've it's it's now nine o'clock, and you're allocating the whole morning to drying off a small small bunch of cows. That you're not putting in, you're not you're not going for a big bunch of cows, and you're going 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 to get tired in the middle of it, and then you're going to start rushing, and you can that can lead to serious problems.
0: And considering then the practice of selective dry cow therapy, are there any cows that aren't suitable? outside of the obvious cows that are maybe, you know, higher cell count or have had cases of mastitis during the year?
1: Yeah, so definitely, like, I mean, cows that would, cows that obviously have dirty, constantly have dirty dogs, um that would have warts that would be lying on scraper pastures. I mean, they're just a no-no altogether because there's no way you can keep, you can keep it clean. Like, there's no way you can clean them enough that you can, just go with sealer only, you're gonna have you could you could you could have a very, very sick cow that evening, like you could be tubing up um infection into them like without even knowing it. Later covers also as well. We did see uh, we have seen a trend there last year. Um I suppose when we did go in hard with the the sealer only, but I mean ones that would be dried off we say we're fully dry there around the middle of December, twentieth of December. And ones that would be calving after St Patrick's Day on, on into April. Um it's questionable whether the dealer only is is uh, working on them. Um, we have seen that some of them have, have gone high that it's in over, over three months, I suppose it's 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 not it's not I wouldn't think it's um it's a good idea to be just relying on dealer only to work on them.
0: And, and as you say, look, it's it's a very long time—three um, months. That's ninety days. It's it's thirty days over the, I suppose, the recommended period. And I suppose it, it, the effectiveness of a sealer only in that scenario, you know, is is um, questionable in, in terms of the efficacy. Looking then to heifers, what is your management strategy for heifers? Um, what what have you seen to work well or not well?
1: Well, to work well, obviously, is is when they're being housed that they'll go straight to cubicles and you've a a cubicle an animal or even a bit more than and they're all trained up to line on the cubicles and they would get sealed in with say Christmas week or maybe just maybe the very start of January. You wouldn't want to be going any more than I wouldn't be a fan of going into the middle of January tea sealing heifers that are that are um starting to spring up a bit like um it's it can I mean you can be causing trouble there as well that um at that stage as well, but I mean last year wasn't wasn't in the ideal situation when heifers were housed and slacked until the start of January, and then they were teeth sealed afterwards i suppose we we have um encountered a few problems in in that area as well um when they when they didn't have sufficient um housing facilities we didn't have sufficient housing facilities for the winter.
0: So what I'm hearing from you, Brendan, is ideally they're on cubicles and they're trained to use the cubicles. And also then where you're sealing them, you're sealing them five to six weeks prior to calving.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like that, again, I suppose maybe have your, if there is later ones identified and leave them go the extra bit and uh, maybe maybe divide it, do it in two days as opposed to, to getting them all done first. I would say it'd be more effective
0: and looking then to the plan for 2020 um when do you intend to start drying off um you know what are you identifying as the ideal um dry cow period uh brendan
1: yeah so this will be usually there there is um obviously 42 43% of them the herd heifers so they will i will start drying off um a good shot of the heifers at the end of november um and i mean that we'll be we'll be looking closely at the calving date, Um also to to make sure that they're not going over that, that three month three month mark. Um, and I suppose we are we're in, we're nearly there with a rotary parlour at the moment. It's just don't know whether we'll be milking in for the winter or not yet. So I suppose if we are moving into the rotary milking parlour in December for some some um, number of cows, we won't be going as hard on dry cow therapy for them as it's you're moving into a new power it can be quite dangerous like.
0: and then looking to um selective dry cow therapy as a practice you know we're all aware that in january 2022 um you know blanket dry cow therapy is not going to be an option on dairy farms and you know more and more farmers are moving towards selective dry cow therapy in preparation for this from your experience over the last number of years and the experience in the Palace Kenry dairy unit, can you maybe give us your top three tips on how farmers can work with this practice in order to maximise the efficacy of the treatment?
1: Yeah, so I mean number one would be starting small anyway. Um start low. Um obviously have number one has to be milk according. Like there's no there's no shooting in the dark at it like that with we'll a consistently low under 50,000 or I would start out maybe eight to 10% of the herd um, quarter sample, all them animals and give yourself the confidence that right. They're, they're low on all quarters. I can do the sealer only. And then when they cave down then um, test them again to give yourself that extra boost and confidence. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely wouldn't go under a hundred thousand anyway. Um, with starting off, I suppose. And I suppose, tips, uh, as I said, um, like three, four times a year, a recording is probably not enough for dipping into tri- uh, selective trichotherapy in terms of doing the last recording in September and starting drying off in November. There can be infection picked up between September and November and you could be trying off the wrong cow with sealer only.
0: I guess, look, we've taken a lot from the conversation today and, from from your perspective this is what's working for you Brendan I think your your last um, piece of advice is really really good in terms of you know don't try and do the whole herd it's starting small and you know keep a low threshold so you're looking at your really healthy cows in terms of other health and quarter sampling is going to give you the confidence to make the right decisions, so you know that the cow is low on all quarters. Thank you, Brendan, and look forward to catching up with you next spring to see how it all fared out. No problem. Thanks a million. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Brendan Ryan for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.